Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. I hope you've enjoyed the last few weeks of podcasts. I hope you had a chance to listen to the podcast on Retrieving Independence. I really think that is one of my favorite episodes that we've done, uh, just so that people can get to know what Retrieving Independence is all about and um, the good that it's doing for not only recipients of the service dogs, but also with the inmate trainers. So if you've not listened to that, go back a couple weeks and please listen to it. So today I wanna to talk about uh, something that's really important in dog training. No matter if you're teaching just normal real life manners or you're dealing with behavior issues with your dog. And that is the difference between being proactive and reactive. So when we train, it's all about being proactive. Most of the dog owners that we see are reactive to their dog's behavior. And it's funny because they call us because their dog is reactive. And so whenever we are teaching a human how to train their dog, we really push proactivity on them. So you ask, well, what does that really mean? What does that look like? Let's start with reactivity because this is what you see the majority of time. Let's start with, with a dog. So when a dog sees, let's say, another dog and they start barking and lunging, standing up on their back legs, that's what we call reactivity. So they're seeing something, it's triggering a behavior in them, and then you see the behavior. Well, most humans then see their dog being reactive, and then they become reactive to where they're correcting the dog, pulling the dog away, trying to get the dog commands, uh, trying to get behavior from the dog, uh, but it's not working because now you have both dog 
and human being reactive. And more than likely, the dog that the human and that dog is being reactive towards is also being reactive. And so you have nothing but a big uh, glob of reactivity. And nobody is learning anything in that. So what I teach people and what we do here at Dog Speak is we teach humans how to be proactive, which means that we want to get on top of things before our dog has that chance uh, to react and close their brain off to being responsive or learning anything new. Proactivity would be something like, oh, you see the dog first, so you give your dog an incompatible behavior to do, such as uh, turn and sit in front of me. So basically what you're doing is seeing a trigger, knowing that it could trigger your dog. So you're being proactive. You're asking the dog to do something that if he follows through with it, he cannot do the behavior you don't want, which is barking and lunging at the other dog. You're asking him to turn and face you and sit. That's what we call being proactive. Now you do this enough if the dog, if you can capture your dog seeing the other dog, and then asking for the response and you get the response, then what you're doing is teaching your dog to then be proactive, to see the other dog as the cue to turn around, face you, and sit. That is being proactive. Now, that is not the technique I recommend when we're dealing with reactivity on leash, uh, just because we don't want our dog to stop and sit every single time it sees another dog. If that's the case, you're never going to get anywhere. Right, if you try to go to an event that has a bunch of dogs, you're never going anywhere. So that is not the technique that we recommend for leash reactivity. However, it is a great example of understanding proactivity. Other ways that you can be proactive in dog training is looking for those behaviors that you like and acknowledging those behaviors before you get the behaviors that you don't like. So many people wait to see what their dog is going to do. They wait to see how their dog is going to respond or react to something. And that's not what that leadership position should do. As, as being the leader, you need to be proactive and acknowledge the behavior that your dog is giving you that you do like. Good example, you hear the UPS truck pull up. Well, if you just sit quietly and wait to see what your dog is going to do, you're probably going to get some barking from your dog which then creates you having to do some type of response, which in turn creates reactivity in you. You're telling the dog, hush, shut up, stop, quit, no, don't, quiet, whatever it is that you're using. Instead, to be proactive, you would hear the UPS truck pull up, and before your dog has a chance to make the decision in doing the behavior you don't want, you start acknowledging and rewarding the behavior the dog is doing at that moment, which may be simply sitting there quietly or acknowledging the noise but not barking just yet, not running to the window. You're rewarding that behavior in that moment of getting what you like. And so when you do that, you're teaching the dog what you want instead of waiting for what you don't want and then trying to correct and fix that. It's so much easier to teach what we want. I mean, we can, we can teach dogs what we don't want, but there is a long list and just because you teach what you don't want doesn't mean the dog is going to naturally understand what you do want. It's like teaching you how to spell a word wrong in every way possible in hopes that one day you then learn how to spell it correctly because you've learned all the wrong ways. Now, my guess is that you would quit trying to spell that word after maybe the second time that you got the word wrong. And so 
you know, our dogs, they're just trying to figure out what's going on. What works? What am I supposed to do? And they don't know unless we teach them. So being proactive allows you to focus on behavior they're already giving you and rewarding that behavior instead of waiting to see what they're going to do. And this is huge when you have a puppy. So if you're taking a puppy out for exposure, you're taking a puppy out for um, just training in general, or just socialization, you have to be proactive. You have to be prepared to acknowledge your dog for good behavior and do constant rewarding, praising, giving treats, some food, throwing a ball, playing tug of war, whatever it may be that your dog loves. You want to constantly be proactive. Don't wait to see how your dog is going to handle a situation. Don't wait to see what your dog is going to do when the big dump truck drives by. Don't wait to see what your dog is going to do as the jogger is running by. You see the jogger, you immediately start telling your dog, oh, good puppy. Who's a good puppy? That's a good puppy. That's a good job. Good puppy. Jogger goes by. We finish up our good puppy and we move on. You do that enough, the dog's going to be like, oh, yay, here comes a jogger. My mama's going to get so excited. I may get some treats. Oh, I cannot wait till this jogger comes by. And so what you're doing is teaching the dog what you want in those instances. And it's a simple concept, but you have to train yourself to do that. You have to train your brain to look for the good things, to stop looking for the bad. When we look for the bad, that's all you're going to see. That's all you're going to focus on. I did a, a little experiment that was online, and, and some of you may have done this, but I thought it was really fascinating. And it was, uh, there was a, a team of six people, and, and actually it was a team of three teams of two, and they were all pass, they were passing basketballs back and forth. So each team had a basketball. Um, each team was made of two people, and they were passing the basketball back and forth, and they were kind of in a circle. And so your job was to watch one particular team, so two people, toss the ball back and forth, and your job was to count how many times they passed the ball. So I watched it, and it was fascinating. I was like, oh, I can do this. I'm really going to pay attention and focus. And I counted, and it was 13 passes, and I was really proud of myself. And then the guy comes on and says, okay, so you counted all those, and it was probably a 30-second, maybe 30 to 45-second test. And I was so proud. I was like, I got 13. Let's see if I got it right. Well, he didn't even bother telling me the number because what he asked was, did you see the big gorilla that walked in the middle of the group? And my mouth just hung open. I was like, I saw no big gorilla walking through. And sure enough, when he went back and replayed it, this big, almost six foot tall man in a gorilla suit walked right in the middle of this group of six while they're passing basketballs back and forth, and just stood there and then walked on. I totally missed him because I was so focused on the team passing the basketball that I didn't see him. It just goes to prove that when you are focused on looking at one particular behavior or looking for one particular thing, when you are focused on that, you can't see anything else. And so when you focus just on the bad behavior and you focus just on that negativity, then you're not going to see the good stuff. And that's not fair to your dog, and it's not really a fun way to live yourself. So you can't expect the worst and hope to get the best. You've got to start focusing on the good stuff, and you really got to start telling your dog when they're doing the good thing. Be proactive. Really let them know that you appreciate the behavior they're giving you. When they're looking out the window and not barking, tell them how wonderful they are. Don't wait until somebody walks by. 
and they start barking and you scream at them. Reward them for looking out the door and being quiet. Majority of your training problems can be fixed if you learn to be proactive. If you start looking for the good behavior, the majority of things that we want dogs to do, they already do. Start focusing on those. Train yourself to look for the good. And not only will you start seeing the good in your dog, but it'll probably change the way that you look at other people. Maybe it'll make you a little more positive at looking at other people. It'll teach you to expect the best in all situations. The laws of attraction is so real. And if you've not studied on that, I highly recommend that you check the laws of attraction out. The secret. Uh, is that Robin Byrne, I believe, is the author of that. But you can find that information anywhere. Just look up laws of attraction and there's tons of information. And it's real. It's whatever you put out there, that's what you're going to receive. So you've got to start looking for the good. And when you do that, you'll start to see that your dog has a lot of wonderful and amazing qualities beyond just snuggling and being really cute. So learn to be proactive, not reactive. And when we do get to something to where, let's say your dog is barking at something and, and you weren't able to capture it, you weren't able to be proactive because maybe you didn't see it, you weren't in the room. Well, in that situation there, you don't want to be reactive with your dog. You want to be responsive. And being responsive means you have a plan, you know what command you're going to use, you're going to know how to follow through, and you're going to help the dog learn in that situation. You're not going to be reactive and start barking along with the dog by screaming at him. So you see, reactivity has no place in training. You have proactivity and you have responsiveness. And when you know what to do, you can be responsive in situations, no matter the environment. Otherwise, you're just being reactive. It's similar to seeing someone who rolls up on um, a crash scene and they have no education at all in medical um, in the medical world, uh, you might find them running up being very reactive, that they don't know what to do, so they're just reacting to the moment. And they're usually kind of scattered and loud and excited, and they're not going to be very productive. But when you have someone like a paramedic who has been through training and experienced show up on scene, they're going to be responsive in that moment. They're going to know what to do, they have a plan, and they're going to be calm and confident and follow through. So that responsiveness is totally different than reactivity. So the biggest thing you can do for your dog is learn how to be proactive. Know what you need to do when the dog is reactive so that you can be responsive. So have a plan. Don't wait. You have to have a plan. We're the greater species. We have to think ahead. Have a plan on what you want your dog to do and help him learn that. Otherwise, you need to be proactive. Be proactive in those moments when your dog is doing something great. You should be telling your dog 200 times a day how amazing and wonderful they are. And I challenge you to take part of his kibble, and maybe it's the morning breakfast meal, or maybe it's the evening. Uh, take part of that kibble, maybe a quarter of what their normal feeding is. Put it in a cup or several cups around the house, and make a point to reward your dog using that kibble throughout the day. But I don't want you just verbalizing good behavior when you give the kibble. I want you to be given maybe 25 verbals of praise before one piece of kibble comes out. So that you're really training your brain to look for good. And at the same time, you're teaching your dog that good things can happen. No matter what time of day it is. No matter what's going on. No matter what mom and dad's doing. No matter if we're in a training session or not. So the dog is really learning to pay attention. 
and focus on the things that you're rewarding. So that's proactivity, being proactive. So that's the biggest thing. If you want to really make a difference in training your dog, learn how to be proactive and not reactive. And then when your dog is reactive, learn how to be responsive and do the right thing. So think about what those things that you want. So if you need more help with that, reach out to us. We will help you to be proactive. We will help you get a plan and we will help you be responsive in those moments and situations. We are here for you. So check us out. Um, go to our website, dogspeak101.com. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Check that out. We have live videos. We have videos on our website. We have some blogs. And of course, check out more episodes on our podcast. And if you have any ideas that you would like us to cover, anything you want to uh, here in an episode, shoot us an email, info at dogspeak101.com. We would love to, uh, you know, get your ideas in and maybe talk about that. So I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. I hope you are staying healthy and you're getting out and you're working with your dogs and you're making a plan on what you want your dogs to do, how you want your dogs to behave in all situations, especially when we're able to get back out and get around people and Get back to a semi-normal life. So think about those things. Write them down if you have to. And uh, and start working on it. Your dog would appreciate it. And you would be amazed at the change in relationship that you have with your dog when you start to do this. All right, you guys have a wonderful week. And I will hopefully see you soon, maybe through a group class or some private training, or maybe just hearing from you through our Facebook um, or our email. Please share our podcast. Be sure to, uh, you know, leave us a review if you've not done so. It really helps get it out there so that other people can find us. Um, but it really makes a difference if you can share the podcast. And again, please go listen to the Retrieving Independence podcast episode if you have not. Uh, I really want you to understand what Retrieving Independence is about and the difference it can make. And, and if you're local, maybe you want to get involved. Um, if not, you can always uh, just support by letting other people know or support us by volunteering in another capacity. So have a great week, guys. Love you. Res appreciate you very much. And I will talk to you next week. God bless.